Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, welcome. And let me explain. It's really, really simple. Either me, the guest, or both of us are experiencing something for the first time, and we're going to talk about it. Today, we're back to movies, no surprise. And my guest, you know her, you love her, is my wife, Nikki. Hey! Welcome back. How's it going? Um, good. We're going to be talking about a movie that is a first time for me somehow. Um, I don't know how I missed it when it first came out. It's something that I just never got to. It's been sitting there on the watch list forever. Not something I really prioritized, but we're going to talk about 8 Mile. When I feel blue, don't know what to do. I look at you and I just say, Good night, baby. Go to sleep. You're still at that Little Caesars over in Warren? Nah. I'm down in New Detroit stamping now. <laughs> got fired from a pizza place. So at least I got a job. Up! Down! Play it again, Smith, and you're fired. You know that everybody's calling you a loser? You ever wonder at what point you gotta stop living up here and start living down here? How you feel? If you had one shot. I'm saving up enough cash to get out of this place. One opportunity. I'm on my way. I'm taking you with me. Sees everything you ever wanted. If something's gonna happen, it needs to happen now. Did you capture it? It's my boy Bunny Rabbit. He's a genius. Just let it slip. What are you doing with your life that's so great? Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up. Daddies, he know he won't have it. He knows his whole. So 8 Mile, everybody sort of knows it's the Eminem movie. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. But um, I don't know. Do, do do like young kids know who Eminem is? Um, I think like recently he's he was kind of back in trending. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is because like some Gen Z kids are discovering some of his older stuff. And like, oh, this is offensive. Cancel him. And... I don't think it was as crazy as people were making it out to be. Like, there was, like, a few TikToks that were getting passed around. And they're discovering, like, wow, he, like, said the F word. And... Well, yeah, he... he not even, like, his swearing, just, like, the, the oh. jokes he's made about dead people. And, like, and you know, and... Handicapped people. And women. Women and um, um, LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. uh, 
nobody was safe when Eminem was yeah. on the mic. He was never PC. And I think that's what people, like, younger people don't realize. It's like, that was, it's, it's kind of like, everyone was waiting to see who he was going to pick a fight with next. Like, what celebrity? What, like, you know, what what's going to be the next conflict? Yeah. And he was, you know, I mean, it was like late 90s, early millennium. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, looking back on it, it's like sort of fun, funny to like think of the things that he had beefs with, like, you know, made fun of ICP and he made yeah. fun of like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, which like are things that don't exist anymore. Boy bands. Mm -hmm. Christina uh, Aguilera was a big one. Yeah. Uh, Tom <laughs> Green even got a shout out like um, Moby. Yeah. So yeah, but, Mo Moby's sort of back in the news too now. So well, yeah, well, <laughs> not for good things, but <laughs> Moby's it turns out he's a, a weirdo incel. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Eminem, uh, you know, a little bit like my history with it. I, I grew up, you know, my older brother, older sister, but Jake, my brother was definitely huge in Eminem and got me listening to it at a pretty young age. But I mean, he was like right at the time for our generation to be like super rebellious, like uh -huh. for us to be listening to him. And I love that first album. I remember my brother because of Napster got a leak of the second album. And uh, I remember like I had it on a CD and it was a big deal. Like kids at my school were like, oh shit, Tad has the, the new Eminem album mm -hmm. like two weeks before it comes out. It was a, it was a very big deal back then. But, um, and, and we've talked about it off of the podcast before. Um, just speaking personally about my history with him, like after sort of that second album, he, he got a little more serious and less jokey yeah. and it was, it was catering more to like, you know, here's to the kids who have a rough home life and that you're poor and uh, I my struggle with drugs and my struggle with this and that. And I was like, that's not what I listened to him for. I liked when he made fun of when he was Slim Shady. Yeah. When Slim he made... Shady was like this alter ego that was over the top, violent, drug addicted, um, you know, every bad thing. I liked, yeah, when he was funny more so when you yeah, serious. And, and it was yeah some of the serious stuff i mean stan was awesome and and that but like uh bonnie and clyde 97 bonnie and clyde mm -hmm. me and my daughter um but when he got more serious it just sort of lost the appeal to me like i didn't connect to it anymore i still respected him but he's put out like four or five albums since like i stopped listening to him i just sort of he's put out a lot of albums that we probably have not yeah listened to. And, and he's had some i mean he was He's still relevant, I guess. Like mm -hmm. people know who he is, but he's definitely not what he used to be. Yeah. Um, used to be like his first single off whatever album was the hit of the summer. Like uh -huh. every one of them, even if I didn't like oh. it anymore, like he transcended like several generations of kids. Like my he, mom knew all the words to. Uh, my mom did not like his first album. She made me buy the. Um, she the bought, edited. She bought me the unedited version after overhearing it. She made me return it and get the un or the edited. Um, but then like what's that the two trailer park girls girls go around the outside yeah. which one is that i think that's Guess the third cd back. yeah yeah it's like the third cd like by then he was like mainstream like my mom was singing along to him on the radio and yeah <laughs> yeah luckily like my mom never really cared and she probably knew the words too but um i do remember i got on accident i bought the my brother of course like i said had this the cds but i wanted my own copies because you can't always take them from your older brother so I got the Slim Shady LP, I believe is the first one. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I got an edited version of that from Kmart because I thought Walmart was the only place that sold edited CDs. I got an, an edited one at Kmart and it still had a parental advisory on it, but it was edited. And when I found that out, um, there was a kid at my school that was very big Bible jock dude and he would buy um, like bad CDs, like CDs that were um, about racy topics up. Uh, bad things and he would buy them from you and break them on the school steps uh and i was like this is a great way to get rid of my edited m&m cd i'll get a few <laughs> bucks for it he doesn't know it's edited and then i'll use that money to buy the unedited one and so that's what i did and then uh i didn't make that mistake twice and you know after that i had heard the singles but i never really got into it and, and i heard so many people like so many friends who continued to listen to them and they were like you got to check out the new one it's really good i even listened to the ones like songs to get murdered by or whatever it was a uh, like I remember just because the cover was an homage to Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah, that has some good songs on it actually. It's like his most recent one, I think. Yeah, that actually that has some stuff I will listen to like it's on loop sometimes for me. He got back into uh, the headlines a few times in recent years. Uh, one because of his beef with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Where he definitely, I mean. Maybe it's because our generation, it feels like he definitely roasted him and, yeah. and slaughtered him. But now, you know, kids these days are probably like, who's this old guy trying to go up against MGK? But um, the other time, I think, was he did a freestyle about Trump. I remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, like, he's always been a very quiet, sort of reserved, angry person. So uh, very few interviews with the public. Uh, just but he's been this like pop culture icon forever and right. like i said his music is sort of like south park in the way that it it, it was offensive which appealed to kids which south park was very popular when he became popular so it's just and this is what we grew up with. well like that this. i'm comparing it <laughs> yeah. mostly to south park also because it's so timed like if you go to yeah. that first album he'd make fun of like i said uh nsync backstreet boys uh, yeah like things that tommy and uh pamela anderson like things that like are not relevant anymore uh, -huh. uh and at the time were hilarious now it's like people would be like who the fuck are they talking about but um this was like his and i think i compared this and this is sort of what got us talking about doing this movie was like eight mile is like eminem's purple rain yes <laughs> it's like uh and if you don't know what purple rain is uh Hit, no. <laughs> no, I was going to say hit pause, uh, go watch it, and come back. Yes. But um, Purple Rain was Prince's movie where it was like semi-autobiographical, where yes. it was he played a fictionalized version of himself God. and sort of told his life story in his own way, um, almost like a glorified way. And this is very close to that. I, I growing up, like, 8 Mile was always there. I never saw it in theaters and somehow just never... I, I think I've seen parts of it on... on obviously, it's all the music videos and knew the song. The song was huge. Um, Lose Yourself. But mm -hmm. uh, So after doing a little bit more reading on it, I guess, like, he he did not want this. I, I just always assumed this was just the story of Eminem. I didn't know he played, like, a different named character. I didn't know he was playing... Yeah. I, th I just thought... Oh, Eminem like was in his own life story. He played Eminem in this movie, and it told the life story because his songs are very autobiographical. He talked about um, his ex-wife or girlfriend Kim. Uh, he talked about growing up with his. Mo he talked about his mom a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so about her doing drugs and about his hard growing up. So I thought, oh, Eight Mile is just. He talked about being from Detroit. I thought this movie was Eminem the movie. 
um, but it's very much Purple Rain in the way that it's fictionalized and made up. But uh-huh. after reading some of the trivia, I found out like he did not want this to resemble his real life, which is just confusing because it's very much like his real yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, there's some obvious differences. Like in the movie, he has a little sister, which obviously represents his daughter in real life, Haley, that he really cares about. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities that if you know anything about Eminem, it's like you would think, I mean, what you thought is like, this is like him telling his own life story is like, it's very inspired by his story, by his life instead. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's it's clearly inspired by it. Um, I still, even after reading this stuff, I don't know if it was like him that was like, let's do a movie based on me, or if, if a studio was like, he's hot right now, let's go at him. I can um, see that. In my viewpoint, I was sort of like, my interest had already peaked and gone back down with Eminem at this point, so it was after my prime with him, but I imagine like, in pop culture's time, this, this had to be a little bit after that, right? I feel yeah, it's I a, little, f- a little after, a little too late. Yeah, like I, um, I was saying, like this has been like moms were getting into him and stuff yeah. like that. One thing I, I might it might be kind of not really segue a good segue to this, but like when he was really popular, um, everybody was all the guys were bleaching their hair oh, yeah. like him. Um, so, like, I just remember, like, my middle school, like, all the boys. All the white kids. All the white kids. I mean, there was, that's pretty much, was the only kids in my school (laughs) were bleaching their hair. Um, when 8 Mile came out, he had, Eminem had his natural hair color. And I remember that being a big deal. It's like, his hair's not blonde. His hair's not blonde. It's brown. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And we'll... So and, we get to see his natural hair color. And that will come up in, later in the trivia, actually, Ooh. as to why that was. But, um, yeah, I mean, he shaped pop culture, not just in music. And, and I'm surprised this is only the, the like the only Eminem movie that we got, because his music videos told stories. They were a big deal when they premiered. I mean, he was always number one on TRL. Oh, which, I, d- I discovered him on TRL. It was, hi, my name is... What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of like the first artists that was like, like his songs weren't just edited for content. Like there would be a radio version and an album version and he would not just bleep the words. He would change them, which I was like the first time I'd heard, like there was alternate versions to his songs. Yeah. Like on the radio, you'd, you'd like learn the rap and then you would buy the album. And you're like, oh, that's what he really said. And they changed <laughs> yeah. it because he couldn't say half of it. Like his singles were even so obscene. They couldn't be played one. They couldn't be played on the radio, which he talked about in one of his songs was about, you know, being on the radio. But, um, I mean, he, he tackled at the time, which what at, at the time, what was considered serious issues. Like, um, you know, by the second album, he was very influential. So people were blaming him for school shootings, Columbine, yeah, uh, him like, and Marilyn Manson. He and even it, mentions that in a song. Yeah. And Manson was in the video. Yeah. I uh, mean, now there's, he has different It's just the way I am. Uh, <laughs> radio won't even play my jam. <laughs> Which is like, you're on every goddamn radio station, Eminem. Uh, this song, you're talking about how radio won't play your jam, is on the radio. Yeah. Ironic. But, um, yeah, at the time, it was like, you know, and, and yeah, several songs about, like, how he influenced, like, jokingly, like, how he influenced, like, a kid to jump off a bridge, or a kid to use a pencil and kill mm-hmm. a kid, or killing animals. Uh, and and then there was, like, serious issues tack- tackled where he used... Um, 
homophobic slurs, but then he performed with Elton John and did like a, did Stan with yeah. Elton John, and that was a big deal. Um, I remember when he got in a fight with uh, Triumph the Insult, the comic dog, at the VMAs. Uh, when, and kids don't even know when, about him. When uh, Borat fell from the ceiling and put his, or was it Borat or Bruno? Bruno came from the ceiling at the VMAs and put his butt in Eminem's face. Do you remember that? Was it Bruno? Bruno or Borat or one of them, someone. I thought it was um, thinking of Ass Man. Oh, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. I don't think so. I don't, my memory's fuzzy. There's so many ass people. Yeah, so, um, okay, so we'll talk a little bit about 8 Mile. It was released November 8th, 2002, written by Scott Silver, who did The Fighter. He actually wrote Joker, and uh, he's writing the new Hulk Hogan biopic. What? With the dude uh, Hemsworth, whichever one that plays Thor is playing Hulk Hogan, um, with the director from Joker. And then uh, this was directed by Chris Hansen, who did L.A. Confidential, which was news to me. We just... uh, on here on the podcast did LA Confidential with Andrew Littlefield a few weeks ago and talked about how he had met Curtis Hansen and he, you know, was mm-hmm. up for an Oscar and uh, it's pretty crazy that he did this movie um, starring Eminem, also known as Marshall Mathers, also known as Slim Shady, <laughs> as uh, Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith, uh, the late Brittany Murphy as Alex, Kim Basinger as, who was also in LA Confidential, as Stephanie Smith, who's uh, Rabbit's mom, Eminem's mom, Mackay Pfeiffer as David Future Porter, Michael Shannon as Greg, the guy who they went to school with that's now sleeping with Eminem's mom, mm-hmm. um, and Anthony Mackie as Papa Doc. And Anthony Mackie, this is his very first film. Oh. And he went on to be Falcon and the yeah. Avengers and, and all kinds of things. Uh, he's fantastic, but this I didn't realize this was his first film. Me neither. So, um, it's been a few weeks since we watched this. We're finally getting to record it. And sorry if you hear the dog crying in the background and another dog barking in the background. But um, (laughs) we we watched this a few weeks ago, finally getting to sit down and record it. And um, when did you see this, I guess, is my next I saw it in theaters, which is a funny story. I'm going to put my parents on blast because... um, when it came out, it was rated R, and I was under 17, so I couldn't go without an adult. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can't see this till it comes out on VHS or DVD. I don't remember. What. It would have been DVD back okay, then. Okay, DVD. I'm going to have to wait to rent this at Blockbuster. And my parents asked me, it's like, do you want to see 8 Miles sometime? And I'm like, yeah. And so they took me and my younger cousin to go see it. And my parents were telling their friends, like, yeah, Nikki, Nikki wants to see Eight Miles, so we have to take her. It's like, it was your idea. Like, my parents actually wanted to see it, but they didn't want to go alone. They wanted to be like, oh, we have to take our child to see, you know, she likes Eminem. It's like, shut up. You like his songs. You like his radio hits. Yeah, so... <laughs> I was a scapegoat to seeing something that they felt like they were too young to see, I guess. I don't know. So you, you did see it in theaters. Uh, I did. I was front row, away from my parents, which I'm glad because of the sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> and so the reason I mentioned Watch a couple weeks ago, because um, I might miss a few plot points, but the basic story is pretty simple. Um, yeah. Eminem plays B. Rabbit Smith, who is a... It's set in Detroit, just like Eminem's real life. He's a aspiring rapper. Um, him and he has a small crew. 
of uh, other guys that run around with him. And then there's like um, a rival crew that's also rappers. Um, they have these, they hold these regular rap battles in this mm-hmm. like warehouse district and a sort of rundown spot in, uh, in Detroit. Um, he, when we, when we first meet him, he has just broken up with his girlfriend who told him she was pregnant. So he had to give her his car to her. So he has to move back in with his mom in a trailer. He has no car, no job. Um, and his high school classmate is living with his mom, sleeping with her. So it's like the typical, like, man, everything's going wrong for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he eventually he gets a job at the local car uh, where what what do you even car shop manufacturing oh yeah because uh, Detroit with their um, yeah Detroit how they're known for uh, making cars yeah uh, and so he gets a job there but of course like him and his boss don't get along because he's he's always late because his car he doesn't have a car and his mom. For his birthday, gives her gives him her car, which doesn't run. Uh huh. Um, but the basic story is pretty simple. He's struggling. He wants to become a rapper. He gets finally gets his moment up on stage to freestyle like a battle rap battle back and forth, and he freezes and he gets booed off stage. Uh huh. And everybody laughs at him because he chokes. It's a white boy who can't do it and he chokes. But all of his friends are constantly talking him up. They're like, "B Rabbit's a genius. He's a mastermind. He's he's the best rapper ever." Uh, and then when he gets his moment, he chokes. So they keep trying to convince him, come back, come back, come back. Um, he doesn't want to. And he, of course, he's freaking out a little bit about it. Um, I know there's some stuff in the middle, but we'll jump all around. But yeah. eventually he, you know, talks himself up. He, he, he actually meets a girl who's Brittany Murphy, um, plays Alex at work. She shows up looking for her brother or cousin or something. Who's her brother. And, uh. Starts hanging out with her, and the crew's hanging out with her and the friends, and so he sort of has this girlfriend. Um, there's also this this sort of small storyline in there where it's like his friend can get him studio time. That's the thing they're all trying to get is studio time. That's uh-huh. a big deal. If I get a label, if I get studio time, now it's funny because like... It's not like that anymore. No, people can like do what we're doing, sit here at the table with a microphone. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. And, and, so many famous people from SoundCloud. Right. But... Uh, Back then, yeah, it was a huge deal. He gets studio time, uh, you know, and he, he he's always promising, like his friends always promising, and and it's sort of like this ego thing between all the rappers and their crews, like you know, this person's got studio time. I heard this person's getting a deal, whatever. But um, eventually, he gets he he goes to the studio thinking he's gonna have a meeting with this guy, and walks in on Brittany Murphy's character Alex hooking up with his friend. Yeah. Uh, he he goes berserk, but. He finally does have his moment where he shows up to the... He has a song called Berserk, but... (laughs) He he, he eventually shows up, and of course, the happy ending, he like... There's a couple scenes in between where someone gets shot, and they they do a bunch of dumb shit in the car. Um, They're shooting paintball, whatever. But And and there's a sex scene in the the car warehouse. Um, He gets in a fight with his mom, gets in a fight with his mom's roommate, threatens to beat him up. Uh, He gets gets himself, gets jumped by the other crew. but eventually, at the end, of course, he goes to the rap battle, and he flips it and reverses it, as Missy Elliott would say. Uh-huh. And he raps about his... He makes fun of himself in his rap. He talks oh, about yeah. how he's white trash and about all of his insecurities, about how his friend slept with his girl, all this stuff. And he leaves his opponent with nothing 
to do and nothing yeah. to say. It's like, make fun of myself first. So, you know. Yeah, and it leaves him with, like, nothing. So then he's sort of fucked and he doesn't know what to do. So he wins the rap battle, wins the girl, you know. Uh, he's now he's a, you know. Did you mention his, like, little sister in this movie? Yeah, like, she's. That's, that's his, like. The moral center yeah. point is like he fights for her and wants her to be like he's always her protector. Yeah. And it's like oh, his mom is always too trash to take care of her. And right. And it's very stereotypical as far as the struggling white trash mm-hmm. rapper. I mean, there's not really a struggling white trash rapper stereotype um, <laughs> before this, but like the struggle, like everything that. A, a bad home life. It, yeah, it's very yeah. typical of like a musician or a tortured artist. Yeah. He just happens to turn it into rap rather than like a rock band or something. Yeah. But um, when you saw this, what was your, did you love it? I don't think I loved it. No, I think I thought I was okay. Was it like, what, were you still into Eminem? When it I came was out? kind, I think I was, I don't know what did it for me. I was not that into Eminem. I don't know if it's because he was too popular and I was kind of one of those like, well, everybody listens to him, so he's not... I don't know, maybe like his music I wasn't really into anymore. I don't know what got me kind of out of him, but like, it was one of those things where his movie's coming out, I was like, I'm, I'm, I still like him. I do want to see it. I'm just not as like ecstatic about him anymore. But you, you did enjoy the movie? I think I did enjoy the movie, yeah. Okay. And, like, I have, like, throughout the years, when he has a new album out, um, I tend to try to listen to it. Um, Some I like, some I don't. I'm a casual fan. You know, I can't say that, like, I don't know, I wouldn't call myself a fan exactly quite anymore, but... I think there was a time when I might have, I don't remember, I might have owned an Eminem shirt. Um, I, I wanted one I, I think one I, I, I think I did, I, not because of him, it was before his thing, like there was just a trend at school where bleaching the tips, mm-hmm. and then like when everybody started bleaching their hair because of him, like I did, I resisted that because I've always been like, everybody's doing that, I'm not going to do that because everyone's doing it, um, you know. Uh, I, I remember one kid that... I thought was cool in high school <laughs> um, when I was like younger in high school. He had an Eminem shirt and it's like, that's whenever, like I went to like a really white Christian um, school where like, it, you know, it wasn't cool to like rebellious things to like, I don't know, most of the kids, but um he stopped liking Eminem when he dissed ICP because he was a bigger ICP fan. And so, that, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> that can be a whole different like subject because ICP had Slim Anus. They were on like yeah. they did a diss track over Slim the Slim Shady and Slim Anus <laughs> and talked about Remember him, that. which Backstreet Boy he was going to impregnate. Uh, all I mean, just so stupid because they had this beef because they were both from Detroit and you know they. They claimed that Eminem mm-hmm. actually didn't live in Detroit. He lived, like, so far away. And then they, they, he claimed the same thing about them. Obviously, at Eminem's height, when he was dissing them, he was almost doing them a service by mentioning them. Yeah. Uh, because they were... They, they Obviously, ICP, huge. over Cult following. Uh, diehard fans. I'm, I'm, I know some Juggalos, and they're nice, great people. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and I, I had a phase where I loved ICP too, is the for the same reasons I loved Eminem. But um, you know, in in that battle, I always thought Eminem took the cake just because he was he's more talented. Yeah. You know, and it less less amateurish, less ma I don't know if mature anywhere either of them, but um, he just always sort of won that battle but it was yeah i don't even know why they even i was kind of like naive where i'm like wait is icp cool to like and i remember even telling him i'm like i'm like i thought icp icp was stupid he's like no they're genius you're awesome you have to listen to them and like i got i was into it for like a few months and then i'm just like no yeah i mean <laughs> it, my icp fandom was before my eminem fandom and uh you know I, I stopped liking icp before i started liking eminem so i was like already yeah. past that stage but um it was very much a um immature type thing where i was i liked icp because i knew it would piss off people and my mom and they'd said bad words and made fun of people and that's sort of why i started liking eminem too but eminem i still think is one of the best lyricists of all time yeah um it's really hard to top what he's done uh some really fantastic stuff, even if it is very dated and, and at times uh, just super talented and, you know, discovered by Dr. Dre uh, mm -hmm. and became just a huge phenomenon. Uh, crazy to think like this actually um, Lose Yourself, the song from this movie, not only was nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars, it won. It did. Eminem won an Oscar and he did not show up. He was not there because he didn't think he would win. And he was he claims, of course, this is very typical, probably something he made up after the fact. But the story was that he was putting Haley to bed when he found out that he won an Oscar. <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't like you might have, you know, you might have actually like that night. I'm sure you put her to bed at some point. But yeah. like at the exact time he was supposed to be up on stage accepting the Oscar, he was putting his daughter to bed. And he was always notorious, like for for no showing for like certain awards seasons mm -hmm. he always was like I, I don't want billboards like he was he was like anti-awards uh you know so what was the thing so you can sit me next to carson daly and fred durst to hear him argue over who she gave head to first uh you know and that was like a whole diss on like the award ceremonies were like Which, do you think the reason why he did that was he was trying to act like he was too cool for it oh yeah absolutely or did he actually believe like this is bullshit or was he like shy I think it was it's a combination of everything, but I do think he tried to project the image that he's too cool for it. Yeah. Like, like in case he didn't win or like the case that, you know, it's like, oh, it's bullshit anyways. It's probably the same uh -huh. thing with the Oscars. Like he didn't show up because he doesn't like losing. And if he would have lost, if he would have lost, it would have been like, yeah. well, I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to be there anyways. Yeah. I wasn't even supposed to be here anyways. Um, yeah. That kind of attitude he always had. But you only get one shot. You only get one shot <laughs> to eat bomb spaghetti. Um, it's ready. <laughs> yeah. So I will say I. Uh, so, yeah. How would you think about the film? I thought it was pretty boring, to be honest. I expected yeah. it to be, I expected it to be more. Like I, I felt like I already knew it, and I hadn't even seen it. I'm like, and I, I expected a just a little more drama, a little. I, I thought Eminem did pretty good. His performance was good. Mm -hmm. Like his real only acting role ever uh, is in this. Um, surprisingly, like, like for how big he is. We're at climax as a movie. Is kind of like that's it. Yeah. But in the but in the uh, way it like makes it more realistic. But it's not like he like 
Is that super dramatized? Yeah, it's not like at the end of the movie he um became like the rapper that he is today. Right. It doesn't like, yeah, it doesn't lead to modern day Eminem or something. Yeah, it was just like he had he like he earned some street cred. He had his moment. He had his moment. And it was just kind of simple. But it's just kind of but it wasn't like I guess a typical Hollywood movie where it's like a great story. It's just a story. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I sort of expected it to be more Eminem story, and it was. Mm-hmm. I thought the the some of the names were just like I don't know if it's the time period or what, but uh-huh. like B Rabbit, um, Cheddar Bob, uh, <laughs> uh, Future, uh, Papa Doc, like what kind? Like then I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, there's so- a rapper named Future now. Scott, well, yeah, but like Scott Silver, who wrote, who's a white dude who wrote the Fighter, Joker, and Hulk Hogan, like this Hulk Hogan movie coming out, like, is this what old white men think like rappers should be named? Like, you, I would think that Eminem <laughs> would have a little more input as far as that yeah. goes, because like the writing was pretty decent, but like, I don't know, at the time it was a prestigious movie, it was a big thing, a big deal. You think they would just would have put a little more effort into yeah. into it? Because I, I was like. Basically, everybody besides Eminem, uh, Michael Shane at the time, he was a name, but not nearly the name he is now. Um, Mikai Pfeiffer, I guess, at that that was about as big as he got at that time. Now he's sort of uh, less popular. He's in that song, isn't he? He says, Mikai Pfeiffer. I think so. Yeah, he mentions him, the actor by name. But Kim Basinger was at like the tail end of her career. She had like a high, high, and then she was back on her way down. Uh I'll be honest, like when she was in the movie, when she made her first appearance as uh, B-Rabbit's mom, I was like, I asked you, I think out loud, is that his girlfriend? And yeah. you're like, no, that's his mom. And it confused me. I'm like, okay, because she's gorgeous. And once again, Hollywood, like putting a woman who looks, could play his girlfriend in the mom role. And it's like, she's not. But did you look up the actor, like their age difference? No. It's like 18 years. Is it? Yeah, I did. Because I'm just like, did they find a... Yeah, like you were going... Which has happened before. Yeah, yeah. it's like, did they find a woman his age to play his mom? No, she's like 18 years older, which is like... Like, like it would be kind of... Goes with the stereotypical, like, she had him young. Right. And, you know, he has a younger mom. (laughs) But, like, she... She's hot trailer trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kim Basinger is, uh, like I said, she's an L.A. Confidential, and she played, like, a... In that movie, she played a prostitute that would get that had plastic surgery to look like a Hollywood star at the time. And okay. apparently, like, if you haven't listened to that one, uh, that's actually part of history, where in the... I'm going to get this wrong, like, 40s or 50s or something, way back, maybe even, yeah, somewhere around there, they would like in Hollywood, these hookers to get more clients would get plastic surgery to look like Marilyn Monroe or different uh-huh. Hollywood actresses so that men could pretend they're sleeping with famous stars. Um, and so she actually was pretty old for the role in that movie. And then, you know, flash forward all these years later to this, and I was like, she still looks really good and really young, almost bad casting. But I imagine because of Curtis Hansen, L.A. Confidential, he must have liked working with her. So yeah. he put her in this movie. And I don't 
her character in the movie was just a little bit too much. Oh, yeah. Very stereotypical. Very stereotypical. It was not believable. Yeah. Just... uh. But, I mean, I guess it's the thing I'm criticizing it for is actually probably one of the good things is that they... Like, his crew and the other crew, they mostly cast unknowns. Yeah. Uh, because if Eminem had... To, Eminem was the star. Like, sort of like, uh, once again, like in Purple Rain, how he made uh, Apollonia. Is that her name? Yeah. Like, he made her, like, a star in that movie. Where, like, he's, there was not really any stars besides Prince in that movie. She was already an actress, though. Right. And, and these people are actors, too. But I'm saying, like... You have your big star. You don't want anyone to mm-hmm. overshadow that. He, yeah, in Purple Rain, most of the people in there, in that movie, were already like his friends, his bandmates. Apollonia was like pretty much the only hired actress. Yeah, I don't think she was. I'm not sure if she was well known at uh, the time. It's sort of funny, and this this actually sort of falls into the trivia thing, but I don't I don't think I have it in the notes. Um, but just recently. Uh, because he's out promoting his book, Seth Rogen has been telling like funny stories from his book on podcasts and radio shows and stuff. He's mm-hmm. been on Stern and different things, and he talked about his audition in this movie. Oh, yeah, him and Jason Segal or Seagull—I don't know how you pronounce it—from like Freaks and Geeks and yeah, yeah, the yeah. Muppet movie. They both auditioned for Cheddar Bob, mm. and they. Like they said, they stayed up all night, but the night before the audition, and read their uh, like lines back and forth to each other, and helped each other. And they went to the audition, and they went in to actually film the audition, and they were in the room with each other, and they laughed so hard at the dialogue and them trying to play like rapper white boys uh-huh. that they couldn't stop laughing. And they both like they were like, "What the fuck were we thinking? This is so stupid. We're sorry for wasting your time." And they left like. <laughs> When they actually got oh. to audition, they couldn't they couldn't even say the words without laughing because it was so dumb. Uh, and they just knew that they were not at all right for the movie. Uh, mm. Sort of funny to think about. But the, the guy who actually played Cheddar Bob, name is Evan Jones. Ah. Which... We know an Evan Jones. We know an Evan Jones, an old lifetime friend of mine, um, who sometimes listens, so... Uh, Hi, Evan. Hi, Evan. Maybe. Yeah, probably not this far into... Well, he liked Eminem, so maybe. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the movie itself, I, I didn't love it. I, I just thought it, it was pretty corny at times. Yeah. Anticlimactic. I mean, maybe it just didn't age well. I love Michael Shannon. I did not love him in this movie, but it wasn't his acting. His acting was fine. Everybody's acting was pretty fine. Maybe it's just like that era i don't know something about it i thought it would be more fun like or not not fun but like more entertaining i guess and i it just dragged at spots i'm like yeah like okay he he chokes up one time uh the rest of the movie builds up to the next rap battle where he's going to own everybody because he's eminem and we were expecting that he does it and then that's the end of the movie it's like all right that's what i'm saying it's It's just very hollow it, it could have been a short film. Or, yeah, it, it feels like they just took, like, one of his serious music videos and made it a feature-length film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had, you know, good cinematography, uh, the score, the, the obviously the song was a phenomenon. They, pretty, they could have just made this movie to sell the damn song. Because uh, everybody knew the song. That was, like, the song of that year. Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah, and it's still, you know, people still it's remember. It's a meme. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I don't know. Like I just, I didn't love it. I probably would not even stop if it was on cable and there was nothing else on. I would rather sleep than watch this again. Um, <laughs> I don't hate it. I just didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, that's like it's, fine. it's not the next, it's not the next Karate Kid bad. It's not Purple Rain. But it's not Purple Rain. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know for the, it's funny because going into it, I, I don't know what my expectations were, but it's not like I built up this, um, like, it, it's not like it has a huge reputation for like, an, uh, one of the best movies of all time or anything. It's not like, um, I'm like Lord of the Rings or something where I haven't seen it. And people are like, you haven't seen it. Like no one gives a shit that I haven't seen eight mile. They're like, Oh, it's fine. It's more surprising at your age group and oh and my eminem fandom yeah yeah and knowing like how you were as a teenager that you didn't but like you said this was a little bit after his kind of well i don't want to say after his prime but just you know his his explosion explosion yeah yeah so um We'll take a quick break to hear from the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, and then we'll come back with some interesting trivia. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. So I'm going to go over some of the trivia I found on IMDb while doing my half-assed eight-mile research. Um... Here's a little something that we sort of mentioned, but uh, Lose Yourself, recorded especially for 8 Mile, was the first rap song to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song uh, in 2003. So not only did it win, but it was the first rap song. And I don't know, they've, they've had a lot of rap songs nominated since. I'm sure one's won since. Uh-huh. Um, but at the time, the very first. Uh, Lose Yourself became Eminem's first U.S. number one single. Really? Which, yeah. Apparently, he always was, I mean... To us, our age group, it wasn't Billboard, it was TRL. Yeah. That's what determined what the song was. I remember the battles between, like, we got to vote for Limp Biscuit so they can beat NSYNC this week, or we got to keep voting for Tom Green. Like, that was, like, early-level trolling was, like, voting for Tom Green. Um, and- a little off-topic, did you know sometimes TRL was pre-recorded and they, like, just made up? Your vote didn't count. Your vote didn't count some weeks. Just like our government, right? Yeah, they just decided who was going to be number one. Not surprising, but uh, a little disappointing. I, I, can, I can go on about that because how I know. Uh, go ahead. We, okay, podcast. because Tom Green, he had the Bum Bum song, and that just like came out of nowhere. And <laughs> it was like, it was going to like number one on TRL. And they told him he had to go on to the show and retire his music video because the next week was pre-recorded and they didn't put the Bum Bum song anywhere in the top. Anywhere on the top. So they're going to figure out like everyone's voting for the Bum Bum song and it's not on the TRL top 10 
um, they're going to figure out it was pre-recorded. So he, once it went, they like made it go number one. He's like, okay, number one, I'm going to retire. It's not fair to Britney Spears or NSYNC. And that's how I, he like read his book. <laughs> and anyway, that's how I know. Well, this is, that is Eminem adjacent. Because like we mentioned before, he does mention Tom Green. Oh and- yeah, my bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. Tom Green to hump a dead moose. Yeah. Um, the sheet of paper that Jimmy writes on on the bus is the real sheet that Eminem wrote Lose Yourself on. The sheet of paper sold for $10,000 on an eBay auction, which seems wow. very low. Like, yeah. The original lyric sheet from Eminem for Lose Yourself, only yeah. $10,000. Like, that's not even like a nice car. It's not even like mom's spaghetti nice. Right. Uh,. <laughs> Sorry, the dog's rubbing his chin on the bed and going crazy. Uh, he's <laughs> going to lose himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the raps, rap battle scenes took days to film, and the 300 extras were starting to get bored. Director Curtis Hansen started an improv freestyle rap battle amongst the, the extras, and the three best rappers would be filmed going head-to-head with Eminem. Each of the 134 volunteers got 15 seconds in front of the judici- judiciary panel. Ultimately, the jury chose four rappers— who got a one-shot, one-take scene with Eminem, who wanted to mime his responses to save his voice for the scripted scenes. Eminem couldn't resist the challenge by staying silent, especially with the crowd taunting him, and took on his opponents. Mm. That'd be fun to see. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably on some DVD special features, but I'm not buying a special edition Blu-ray of this movie Aww. anytime soon. I'm sure it's on YouTube, too. But... Uh, Eminem improvised his lyrics and changed the lyrics in the rap battle scenes. This threw off the other rappers. Oh, he did it to them. Future is based almost entirely on Eminem's best friend, Proof. From hosting the battles to the story of how he got his name. Proof also plays Lil Tick, the rapper B-Rabbit faces in the first battle. So the the actual rapper, Proof, plays the guy he chokes against in the first rap battle. Uh, Proof manages to sneak his name as an acronym when he raps, I'll punish rabbit or obsolete future. So P R O O F. Oh. They're so it's creative, them rappers. Yeah. I would never think of these things. Proof, the inspiration for the character future that we've been talking about, was sought by producers to play the role in the film. However, Proof failed to show up for the audition, and director Curtis Hansen decided that he wanted a more experienced actor to play Future. Proof was then cast in the smaller role of Lil Talk, and then Mackay Pfeiffer ended up playing that character. Mm. Uh, Eminem, we talked a little, bit, a little bit about this, was unable to accept his Academy Award in person. He felt so sure another nominee would win that he did not bother to attend the ceremony. Instead, he was sleeping while his daughter watched cartoons the night he won. So I guess I was wrong when I said he was uh. putting her to bed. But, um, yeah, another very typical, pretty much the same story. It's always, I, and I, I, I'm not trying to rip on Marshall about with his parents here or anything, but it's such a guy thing to be like, oh, I, I was taking care of my daughter. I love my daughter. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Single dad. Single dad. It's like, I was at the Oscars. I was taking care of my daughter. I was too busy. Because, you know, I'm a single dad. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I still struggle as a millionaire. I My baby hire, almost a bitch, but... I couldn't hire a babysitter even though I'm up for an Oscar. Um, <laughs> in the movie, Jimmy Jimmy's mother states he got his nickname Rabbit because as a child he had big teeth like a bunny rabbit. In real life, Eminem's relatives called him Mickey in reference to Mickey Mouse for the same reason. 
See, it's all loosely based on his life. Director Curtis Hansen mm-hmm. asked Eminem to dye his hair back to his natural color so that the audience would relate to him as Jimmy Rabbit instead of his Eminem persona. See, I always thought, like, maybe when, like, seeing the trailer, like, his hair was his natural color because it was, like, the a, hit... A prequel to a his prequel life. A prequel to his life. Like, you know, like... He didn't always have bleached blonde hair. Like, at the end, he would, like, emerge with the blonde hair for, like... <laughs> Some dramatic scene. He's over the, over the bathroom sink. sink. Yeah. <laughs> Spilling mom's bleach. Uh, Brittany Murphy admitted in an interview on Late Show with David Letterman and uh, that she and Eminem became romantically involved during production. Oh. Uh... I don't. I might have this later in here, but also uh, there were rumors that uh, him and Kim Basinger hooked up on the set too, um, but he denied that. He also denied that he hooked up with Brittany Murphy though. So he hooked up with his own mom from the movie. Oh. And wow. did yeah. Wait, did you write? What's with the 1993? That's just when Letterman. Oh okay. <laughs> I'm like she she admitted that in 1993. No, it just David Letterman started. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eminem was quite keen that the film not be autobiographical piece, as he felt that homing in on his own per- personal history would limit the storytelling and characterization. By creating a fictional character, he knew that he would be unrestricted in how he performed. So he wanted this to be separate from his life because one. He wanted the story to be flexible and also he did not want to just be playing himself, which he played himself. So, yeah, whatever. Um, Eight Mile was originally considered to have to have an unofficial follow up movie titled Southpaw with Eminem reprising his role now as a down on his luck, lightweight, left handed boxer trying to regain custody of his daughter. The script eventually evolved and that idea was scrapped. However, the film was eventually made and released in 2015 with Jake Gyllenhaal starring in the lead role with Eminem producing the soundtrack. Oh. So they were going to make a sequel with him as a boxer. That sounds dumb. Yeah. I'm glad they decided to make that not an Eminem movie. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's sort of weird that he didn't end up uh, really going on to do other roles like this is his one and done um and i also don't think i have it in these notes but he actually like talking to curtis hansen uh about this movie and they asked him like you know if he's getting like the bug for acting or what and he's like never again like it was too much stress for him he's Mm -hmm. a very quiet reserved person it was uh the acting life was not for him he didn't like being on set every day Uh uh-huh uh, being on schedule, long days of shooting, that kind of stuff, it wore on him. So, one and done. But I think maybe underrated performance, uh, pretty good. He obviously wasn't nominated himself for acting performance, but uh-huh. um, Elijah Dushku, Sarah Michelle Geller, Alicia Silverstone, and Christina Ricci were all considered for the role of Alex, um, which went to Brittany Murphy. Originally, Taryn Manning was going to play Alex, but ended up playing... Janine instead. Okay. And then yeah, the last one I have was Seth Rogen and Jason Siegel both auditioned for the role of Cheddar Bob. Cheddar Bob. Uh, so yeah, M and M's Eight Mile. Uh, I don't even know where to how to wrap it up because I don't know. It just 
is not like it was anticlimactic for me after all these years. You know, it just wasn't. I don't know. It was yeah. fine. It was a fine movie. I f- I feel like it. It's not like it aged or anything. I feel actually I feel like the movie d- doesn't really age. Yeah. In ways. But doesn't mean it's <laughs> it's <laughs> does it, more mean, or less exciting. Does that just mean we're getting old? We're like that just came out. That you seen that new Eminem show? No, I feel like that was forever ago. Ugh. that was that was nineteen no eighteen years ago. I don't know what year it is. Yeah, almost. It'll be it's nineteen years. So it'll be uh, November of next year. It'll be twenty year anniversary. Wait, it came out in 2002? Yeah. Oh, okay, 19 years ago. Yeah. So almost, we're, we're looking at the 20th anniversary next year where Jeez. they can put out the 4K box set <laughs> with all the deleted um, rap battle scenes and, uh, you know, director's commentary. I'm sure that stuff's already out there, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I, I do, I remember the music video and I, I just remember all the culture around it. I just don't, I never for some reason saw it and slipped through and it was like never one that there was never a reason to watch it and that's what's sort of interesting about podcasts is that it's like let's dust that one off i don't even remember how we came to maybe we were talking about purple rain and somehow and i mentioned like we, we compared eight mile and i said i'd just never seen it and it was one of those things you're like you never saw eight mile yeah um and i feel like after this there was a little bit of a trend of um these type of movies come out because I remember, I mean, it was several years later, 50 Cent had um, Get Rich or Die Trying, which I only saw the first half of it for some reason and I thought it was really good. And some reason I never finished it. And it was kind of a, I felt like it was a little bit of a origin story, but not quite. Sort of like this? Yeah. I felt like it. Th- this kind of was... A tra- I can't even think of other movies. I, I I feel like there are some, but like rappers doing a yeah. There was uh. I mean, ra- stuff is interesting because rappers in general have always sort of had a place in horror. I mean, I mean oh, yeah. in mo- movies, but all like specifically horror movies like L Cool J and H Two O, and uh, I think he was in like Deep Blue Sea or something. And we had Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection. Um, I mean, over the years, just had a lot of rappers and, and horror, uh, Snoop Dogg and his stuff, Tales from the Hood or whatever. Um, just interesting, like, this is this was at the time considered a serious movie and won an Oscar. You know, it won, like, people always say, you know, oh, one more one more Oscar than whatever this big name movie is. But, you know, song is its own thing. Like, this past year, Will Ferrell and for Eurovision, that was up for best song. Uh-huh. So it's not like it's a prestigious award, but um, still, Eminem has won an Oscar. Yeah, what a lot of people can't say that. So and he's the only I think other movies he's done is cameos as himself, right? Which was Zoolander. I don't remember him in Zoolander or Zoolander Two or something. He's I in one. Know. I think he's in one of the Zoolander movies. He did a Judd Judd Apatow one where. Funny people or something? funny people, yeah. yeah. And then he was in um, the one that got banned, um, North Korea. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, the uh, the interview. The interview. Yeah, with Seth Rogen. And... Yeah, and those are the movies I can think of that he just plays himself, but he's never. 
tech, I, I mean, really acted before or after. One of my favorite pieces, and this is not him acting at all, was when Weird Al brought back Al TV and he cut up that interview <laughs> and asked it, Weird Al would do the thing where he would do the camera yeah. back and forth and he'd ask questions. Uh, I just imagine Eminem was not known to be a have a good sense of humor about himself at times. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine he was not stoked on that. Of course, I remember like when, and we talked about it earlier, like when at the movie awards, I think it was Bruno came from the uh, descendant during the MTV music or movie awards and put his butt in his yeah. face. Like, uh, there were like rumors. It, half the people thought, you know, that was clearly a stunt and yeah. other people were like, he was really mad and wanted to kill him. Uh, you know, and he's always sort of taken himself seriously, even though he's been a jokester, but. And that's kind of a, th- yeah, that's kind of been a lot of him. Like with his, it's like, is it a publicity stunt or is he seriously mad? Yeah. And that is like, it, either it's believable because that, I mean, that's kind of the image he wants you to have. It's like he's a badass and he'll, you know, he'll fight anyone. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he's been known to fight people, but, you know, he's just talk shit. Yeah, I, I think in one of the songs on the second album, he talks about shooting paintballs at ICP's like SUV or something. Yeah. Got paintball shot truck. Pow. Look at y'all run your mouth again. Uh, I'm not going to start rapping, but, uh, you know, he, he told stories in his songs, which I always liked, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, that was always sort of fun because you could visually hear a song. And then, you know, I, I remember, like I said, I remember the Stan video with, uh, oh, Devin Sawa played Stan and uh, years later, like Devin's on Twitter and he still jokes about playing Stan and. Uh, mm-hmm. just man, what a like piece of time, like a like our yeah. high school years. I mean, this was when I was a junior, you would have been a sophomore, so mm-hmm. and also, like, um, well, at 1999, I would, I was just no, so this, this was 2003. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking when he was like popular, oh, anyway. 2002, I guess I would have been, yeah, yeah, um, but like, you know, he has a sense of humor, like. It, Dr. Dre discovered him. He's friends with Dr. Dre. How many times has he killed Dr. Dre in his albums? Oh, yeah. And that's what I missed about, like, his later albums. That's when I, like, when he was having fun about that, and it was all about, like, his struggle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't, no offense, but, like, you're a rich dude, and I don't need to hear about your struggle. Like, (laughs) you're a millionaire, and we all have struggles at this point. And I I know rich people have struggles, too, but I just, like, I, I don't, this isn't fun anymore. It used to be fun. Yeah. I remember like he had the yeah, the songs about, you know, when he would go into the record label and they'd be like, We can't release this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're, most rappers are talking about bitches, blunts and forties and you're talking about Vicodin, you know, and and raping and all just some really awful oh. you know. Yeah, like I I I can think of one like statutory rape of a drunk fifteen year old. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, guilty conscious. Yes, that song. But uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, now we're just gonna get nostalgic and start wanting to like listen to the albums. Go I back. Do. We'll probably watch some music videos after mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. um, can we? Don't sing too much. Cause I, was, I was gonna say. <laughs> you actually, you know what? Like the podcast rules are sort of like crazy right now. Like, like I'm surprised they haven't monetized things. But you can, you know. 
can I just start singing entire songs? I don't think anybody, any of my listeners really want that. Um, it feels empty without me. No, it's okay. Um, I, I do have, like, do you have any, like, specific memories outside of seeing the movie with your parents? Like, that, like, Eminem memories? Like, I sort of told the story about the kid breaking a CD. Do you have any old, old... I have told them where, like, I could, I had to have his... Edited CD? Yeah, it's... Um, I just remember, like, for, like, when I first got his CD, like, I, like, I knew him from TRL, I knew his song, um, like, his singles, which are very edited, like, you were talking about, like, they, he changed the lyrics, it, it just, it doesn't just bleep them out, and, like, actually hearing it, um, <laughs> unedited, <laughs> it was just, like, my little virgin ears, um, and it's it's kind of was one of those things like this is bad like I don't know if but I don't know if I like it <laughs> like I'm like confused like do I like this or not is this too much is this I don't know is this like am I a bad person for listening to this yeah I mean I was kind of a little bit of a sheltered kid I was not like, but I was I curious said, because I had an older brother luckily and like I said uh, I remember yeah it was like that my name is came out and I remember the video and it had like the leave it to beaver theme at the beginning yeah. black and white and you know he joked about it. and his his videos were all like very cartoony where it was like the fisheye lens and him and like almost like Jinko jeans uh white t-shirt uh-huh. like wrapping into the camera but it was all like hyper stylized he was like they'd fast forward it and he would he would just be a, a crazy zany kid uh yeah, I just remember my brother, like, <clears throat> you know, I, I used that, like, the fact that he could get albums early, like, there was, like, you know, it, it, girls at school would be like, I have the new Eminem album, you guys want it? You'll have to hang out with me if you want to hear it. <laughs> uh, on dial-up internet, my mom's, or our parents, at, when my parents were together in their basement, like, we'd have to, like, download stuff overnight because it would tie up the phone line. Yeah. It'd like take for, forever to for me, it was like I slowly had to, like I liked the music, but I slowly had to like be okay with the lyrics, because it was, I don't know, it was just kind of like I went, I really went from like Backstreet Boys to like Eminem, and like at the same time with like Blink One Eight Two with their immature lyrics right. and stuff like that. Like I was entering a phase of like. Oh, and, like, I watched South Park, too, so it was just, like, um, you know, starting to watch MTV, and it's, like, uh, you know. Yeah, mine was, like... My I, world, my PG world was turning PG-13 to R. <laughs> mine was, like, I listened to a lot of, like, heavy metal um, that was, like, talking about Satan. I listened to, like, Marilyn Manson, uh, White Zombie, like, that stuff, like, Satanism was, you know, like, I love stuff like that that was very serious and dark, and then when Eminem came along and made inappropriate stuff, but funny and, and rap yeah. it, I was, it was weird because I was like, I guess at that age I was okay with rap because there was this weird like transition where like Limp Bizkit came around and they like melded, melded the rap with rock. And then Eminem sort of fit into that. Like they did that like family values tour. Do you remember that? It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like all the rappers and the heavy metal bands on the same tour. And it was like this weird crossover they all understood and were cool with each other. Uh, and that was like where I was. And also you got to know, like my upbringing was country music 
And then like I got really into like 50s and 60s music, like Beatles and like I wasn't even really listening to much of modern day music. It was old stuff, which obviously a lot of that stuff is like PG. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And then I started like when I started actually getting into like modern music, um it was like that those things blowing up on MTV. And it's like, oh, this is bad. But it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I just, like, I think a lot of that was like, you know, like I said, I was influenced by Jake. He was like, I think at that time, he would already be in college, and then he would come back for summer and bring his computer. We didn't have a family computer that, at the time, and he would set up in the basement and uh, plug into the phone line, and he used, like, some kind of free internet and would download stuff, and he had Napster, and he would burn mixed CDs. And I remember he... One time I took a mix CD, and this is so very relevant to what we're talking about because he made, for Christmas, he would we would send him a list of our favorite songs and he'd make a CD for us. And that was considered good enough for a gift. It's crazy to think about just because it's like, now it's like trash. Oh, like my stepdad would burn me off CDs of like unedited music like that my mom wouldn't let me <laughs> listen to when I was like, 12, 13, like, I make him a list, and I would have, like, <laughs> what's been, like, uh, get naked, like, oh, yeah. things with disturbing titles yeah. as song titles, um, I just put that on a list for him, and he'll, he would download it and burn me a CD. Yeah, Jake would have, Jake had us all, like, <laughs> give him a list, I don't know, through email or whatever. And he would he brought us home and he like made like CD covers and like at like MS like word art. It would mm-hmm. have like Tad's mix or whatever. And at James Madison, um, how the dances were, like they had a DJ in the corner and you would bring everybody could bring a CD or two and you put it on this table and the DJ had a paper list and you would go through the CDs and write like he would put like numbers on the CDs and he'd be like, Okay, like Tad's mix CD is number 13 and I want track like four on that. And I would bring in like Incubus and System of a Down and stuff. And I remember bringing that mix CD and it had um, probably had an Eminem song. I don't remember which one, Guilty Conscious or, or Stan or something that probably was not at all appropriate for a, a middle school dance. Um, and then it had Tom Green's Bum Bum song on mm-hmm. it. Um, and of course that played at her dance. Like, can you imagine a bunch of middle schoolers at dance that would like grind on each other to like Casey and Jojo Oh, and then the bum bum song comes on, but everybody would sing along to it. Everybody knew all the words. And then, um, yeah, it had, my brother was ahead of his time and he'd put hidden tracks on there and he put, um, the Halloween theme from John Carpenter as a hidden track and, so I don't think it. I, th- I don't think anybody requested it, but the DJ knew that there was a hidden track on the CD. He saw that there was more tracks than there were listed. Like, what a dangerous game! To right, play so he played off. it. He, he played it, and he, we played the Halloween theme, and everybody was really confused, like mm-hmm. where did this come from? And I had to play it off, like I don't know, I don't know where this came from, like because I was embarrassed. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I did not bring a CD with the Halloween theme to a middle school dance. I remember they did not they they denied my Slipknot CD. They did not like uh, System of a Down, which rightfully so. Um, 
you know, a little, little political and heavy for middle schoolers, uh, you know, but. I remember when one of my middle school dances, they had like one of the high school boys DJ it. And I requested like an offspring song. And he's like, mm, no. And he's he's like, I find offspring a little annoying. Like. <laughs> so it's about your like personal choice now like yeah he's like eh. yeah they would they would look for those parental advisory stickers on the cds and they'd be like no you're not putting that on the table so like we would either like marker them off or uh sometimes it would actually be a sticker on the jewel case not printed yeah. on the cd or we'd flip the cd cover around to get it by um but i remember yeah it was a big deal that the bum bum song played and and of course like I said, it sort of wraps back around to Eminem, who referenced Tom Green. I remember um, fucking Kid Rock Ball with the Ball would come on, and all the fucking middle schoolers would just, like, mosh. Yeah. <laughs> just think about Kid Rock now. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I had that album. Yeah. I, I, I remember, yeah, I went, I went to the South Park Mall in Davenport, Iowa, with Brett Stewart and his mom. And she let him pick out a single CD at the like the disc jockey or whatever, okay. Sam Goody or something, and he got the Ball with the Boss CD single because she didn't want him to get the full album because it had a parental advisory. Oh, on it. one of my friends wasn't allowed to um, have Kid Rock's album, and like somebody let her borrow it, and her mom found it, and she got in so much trouble. And I was just like, Ugh. and I I always thought like that song that album only has like two good songs on it. I didn't really like that album. Yeah, I never, I never got past like I never ever listened to anything outside of singles. I always thought he sucked. Yeah, uh, I made fun of Stu for buying that CD. Um, I bought. You would have made fun of me. I bought Stained, and she was like, "Are you sure your mom <laughs> will allow you to buy this?" I'm like, "Uh, I listen to like ICP. Like my mom does not care what mm-hmm. I listen to. That didn't even have a parental advisory. Uh, it just was loud and heavy." Oh man, I had to get an older guy that had a like a high school guy not like creepy old to buy me um unedited versions of um bloodhound gang albums oh yeah um one of them's now a youth pastor (laughs) (laughs) but he bought me the parental advisory um bloodhound gang albums those were like naughty lyrics very much so yeah <laughs> very immature and he once uh, again love it eminem mocked the uh that oh, song remember? Yeah, yeah yeah um the, with the discovery channel thing yeah reference yeah. yeah yeah like you something about your mammals and animals like, your yeah. parents something about cannibals well, yeah well, people we cut open mammals. Well, someone was cannibals. Cutting could other people, people like cantaloupes. <laughs> but if then that if goes, could, if you could goes into Tom animals. Green, <laughs> <laughs> then he goes, you know, why can't a man and another man elope? Ew. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I have these really stupid samples. <laughs> Ew. He'd have like stupid sound effects. Like that's pretty. He was dated. progressive and not progressive at the same time with that little. <laughs> why can't they elope? Ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you were so close. <laughs> And yeah, like I said, I remember it was like progress when he had like he he like put an olive branch out when he had uh, Elton John at the perform stand with him. To be somewhat fair to him. Oh, like fucking teenage boys talk like him all the time. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I remember it was like, you know, when he was using the derogatory um, gay term. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he his like argument was like, that's how boys talk. It doesn't mean like a gay person. It's like, that's how we, but it, yeah. it's different. No, I'm not saying it was right then. Oh, yeah, it was definitely in the way it's like the way his thinking was like, no, I just use it as a derogatory term in general, like when people would say things are gay. And, and he like, actually like uses that in the eight mile movie where he's um, when the his employees are on their lunch break and like they're doing a little rap battle and one um, it was exhibit exhibits in it. And he um, was making he has a cameo. Yeah, he has a cameo. A gay employee. He was making fun of a gay employee. And then. B rabbits, like you know, he might be gay, but you're a, you know, f word. I'm not gonna say it. Oh my god, the dog's crying. But even then, he's like, I'm cool with gay people, but I'm still gonna use the f word, which is not cool. But it was a different time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess we should wrap up because the dog is saying this is enough Eminem talk. He is not happy for some reason. Yeah, he is not like, and he's not a B Rabbit fan. No, um, he's been freestyling all episode. We've had a pause for him, but um, oh, he's restless. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Getting through this, I thought it was I was actually gonna go full dig into this like I did the next Karate Kid, but I guess in retrospect, I did not. It's not bad like that. It's not a bad movie. It's just not a movie that is made for me, I guess. It's not really a movie worth revisiting. No. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people who, like, I've mentioned a few people to a few people that I would be uh, doing this one, and they're like, oh, you never saw it? And I'm like, when's the last time you saw it? When's the, does anybody ever pop in 8 Mile just to watch? No, it's probably mm-hmm. one that plays on VH1 at 2 in the morning on a Friday night. And, you're right. And you're flipping through, and you stop, and you finish it, you know? Uh-huh. It's not going to be one that is revered in years. It's never going to get a Criterion collection. I like collection. the Mom Spaghetti version of the song. It was it, just Mom Spaghetti. Just Mom Spaghetti over and over again, basically. Check it out on YouTube. Just look up Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> I guess we'll just leave it at that. I will play a little clip of it at the Mom end. Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast.
it's ready. You better never let it go. You only get one spaghetti. Do not miss your chance to blow. Cause spaghetti comes once in a lifetime. You better lose it. Now food your mom's spaghetti. It's ready. You better never let it go. You only get one spaghetti. Do not miss your chance to blow. Cause spaghetti comes once in a lifetime. You better the soul's escaping. Through this hole that is gaping. Mom's spaghetti's mine for the taking. Make me spaghetti. As we move toward a new world order. A normal Getting the 